the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Working on the assumption that, if you remember Posidonia, you weren't there, man. This week's edition of the podcast offers up a few pre-digested thoughts on the shipping industry's biggest party from the people who were there and were taking notes. After a COVID-induced hiatus, the industry descended upon Piraeus to schmooze, gossip, test the water and in some cases actually do some business in between the canapes and sweaty taxi rides. While the headlines from the events reinforced well-aired views rather than setting a new agenda, it was interesting to see how those owners at the coalface of the industry's biggest issues were fully focused on the immediate pragmatic decisions ahead of them rather than worrying too much about looking ahead to the carbon revolution of 2050 and beyond. The fact that Posidonia fell in a week where the IMO was debating greenhouse gases was instructive in assessing the reality of shipping's decarbonisation plans up close and in the flesh. Posidonia is a party, but it's also about business, and a few drinks tends to strip away the veneer of the more polished greenwash that has been spun over the last few years. It was also interesting to see Greece at the centre of the other big theme of the moment, namely sanctions risk. The inimitable Greek ship owner George Prokopio used his platform this week to call on politicians to at least be clearer when it comes to imposing sanctions, which he described as generally being useless or counterproductive. The fact that two of his ships had been caught up in a sanctioned standoff while two other Greek tankers had been seized by the Iranians in a related incident, well, that has generally meant that the Greek shipping community's preferred position as a political global taxi driver was a difficult line to be pushing this week. So, to discuss all this and more, I have drafted in two people who were in the thick of it this week. Wide-eyed Posidonia first-timer Declan Bush, our sustainability editor, and the old master of Posidonias going back through the ages to a time before records began. The voice of experience from our man in Athens, Mr Nigel Lowry. We also have a small cameo appearance from George Pateras, Deputy Chairman of Conship Management and President of the Hellenic Chamber of Shipping. Let's start with you, Nigel. You're an old hand at all this. What's been your key takeaway for the week? Thank you, Richard, for that. I thought you were going to say old hag. Uh, certainly, I, after a, yet another Posidonia, I feel haggard. Uh, that's true. Uh, and, I, and I think you're right. I mean, I think that there was a pent-up uh, uh, need to get together. And I think that, you know, what the, the hallmark of Posidonias has always been the enthusiasm with which people come down to Greece, which has the scenery, uh, it has the weather this time of year, and it also has the ship owners, doesn't it? And, and that's probably what it's all about. And yes, um, I think it's been as full a week as I can ever remember of uh, the social side, but also uh, the, the exhibition centre, which on occasion has been almost the poor relation of the party scene. Uh, uh, along the Greek Riviera, uh, the, the exhibition centre has been packed. And uh, at, some, uh, at some times it's been hard to hear yourself think, uh, such has been the, the chatter and uh, presumably the kind of intensity of the deal making going on, certainly the networking. So yeah, it's been, it's been a busy, buzzy week. It's, it's always an interesting one with Posidonia because there is a lot of partying, there's a lot of pitching and marketing, but there are deals that get done on the sidelines of Posidonia. And obviously we haven't had the opportunity to get these face-to-face -face meetings for some time. Is your impression that, you know, it was a useful week in terms of business for 
Greece and the wider community? Yes, I, th I think so. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's, there's often a, a misconception that, you know, these, uh, these deals are sort of done uh, within the space of five days. You know, one meets uh, someone, gets introduced to a new product, and then has sort of invested, you know, $150 million uh, in sort of <laughs> committing to it. It's not quite like that, is it? So I no. think what really happens is that um, uh, the shipping business is a 365-day-a-year business, uh, year, year in, year out. And the uh, Posidonia Week is probably notable for the deals that have already been effectively agreed but are then consummated with the, the actual signatures taking place during Posidonia rather than digitally, as has been the case for a couple of years. Uh, and then there, there's the business that is set up in the pipeline through, um, uh, through the meetings that take place and will be consummated perhaps at a later date. So I think there is a lot of, uh, a lot of actual stuff going on. Um, and I think also this time it was notable for the amount of, uh, of conferencing and, and sort of real discussion that took place during the week. And, and some of that discussion was very substantial. You know, people uh, were talking about some of uh, the biggest issues in not only in our industry, but on the international scene. And, uh, and, and they didn't hold back. You know, people, uh, people engaged in a really frank exchange of views uh, at many of these conferences. Mm. Well, that's an appropriate point at which to bring in Declan Bush, our sustainability editor, who has not been to a Posidonia before, but has been to many forward-looking industry debates over the future of our industry. Now, in my experience, Posidonia, as Nigel has pointed out, is a more realistic assessment of where we are as an industry because, uh, let's face it, it is the, the coal face of, of ship owners' decision-making and, and far more financial-focused uh, is given to the debate around the big transitional topics of decarbonisation and digitalisation and efficiency. So, Declan, what, what did you make of the quality of the debate on show? What, what were your first impressions of Posidonia? Well, it's a lot busier than the other conferences and certainly a lot better than seeing these people through the tiny screens we've been using for the previous two years, um, standing room only at many of these. And I think I've had enough uh, hastily snatched chicken skewers and hastily snatched Skoda Octavia taxis to last me uh, well into my career in shipping. As, as far as the quality of the debate goes, you've got this sort of awkward reality that um, many of these ship owners have got to face, which is the, the uncertainty around decarbonisation, regulation, uh, the war in Ukraine, the supply chain chaos shows no signs of ending and is just making it impossible to plan uh, for owners and operators in, in any sort of length. But all of those uncertainties are tending to increase ton miles and they have been very good for the shipping markets. Um, so the deal making, you can certainly see it going on on the sidelines. But once we talk to topics like decarbonisation, um, there's this frustration that we can't get anywhere sooner. Um, there's there's a sense that, uh, you know, I, I could even hear some comments about, uh, you know, the engine makers leaving us in the dark. Uh, uh, the, you know, the, the future fuels are still nowhere to be found um, and the the efficiency market is, is, is going to heat up quite substantially. But 
it's it's still not going to get us anywhere near uh you know net zero or absolute zero or or even just compliance whatever you like so it's it's mm. a, it's a weird a weird mix of optimism and fear <laughs> it's an interesting um conclusion because i think the reality of posidonia is that it is an audience of owners that are having to make practical and pragmatic decisions and i think it was interesting that rather than focusing on the future of 2050 and beyond in terms of future fuels most of the discussion that i was seeing from the outside was focused on that efficiency debate and uh, as you say you know a big explosion of companies selling route planning and energy efficiency software and ai there was a real focus on how they were going to get through that 30 percent reduction in efficiency because i think most of the people there are perhaps looking to the political debate and thinking well that is for another year let's focus on what we can do right now i mean how was the you know the decarbonization debate from your perspective as sustainability editor do you, do you get that sort of impression that the de- it, it is a bit more immediate out in posidonia well certainly and the there's there actually have been some really interesting um comments at various discussions uh, along the way about what people can do now um and i heard from lots of technology companies who are telling me ideas such as um how to make sure the engine runs at a constant more efficient speed while using new technology to distribute power to different systems on the vessel so you don't have to ramp the engine up and down which is which is bad for its efficiency um and also the role that uh charterers need to play and other parts of the supply chain need to play in giving owners and operators some slack to uh steam as slowly as they as they can or run their engines as efficiently as they can and while as i said the the big technology is still some way off there does seem to be a few encouraging signs that there are um a lot of common sense things that operators can do to to get actually pretty significant emissions cuts on that note it's worth bringing in the voice of george pateras president of the hellenic chamber of shipping who declan caught up with on the sidelines of one of the many noisy events at posidonia earlier this week his key point was that ship owners can't act in isolation in order for the industry to move forward it needs a holistic strategy to deal with the entire carbon footprint so posidonia is a great place to socialize meet new people meet old friends that we haven't seen in a long time do new business learn what the industry has developed for us. The shipping industry has suffered because in the car industry, the engine manufacturer produced tier three cars and we bought them and we were environmentally friendly. You can't, if you don't have the industry, that side of the industry working on it, as Harry said quite correctly, the engine manufacturers must reduce the engines, the fuel manufacturers must produce the fuel and we will use them. But we, we must be careful from cradle to grave. You can't propose a solution without looking at the entire carbon footprint. You've got to look at everything. I mean, LNG is a great intermediate fuel. CH5, though, 75 times more dangerous than CO2. We've got to look ahead and make a decision, a political decision. And the political decision has got to be, this is what we favor, this is a correct fuel. Otherwise, shipbuilding will die. Everything will die if we don't know what to build. We need to build the ships of the future, but we need to know what they are. It will be very unfair to say to somebody, invest millions, and then in 10 years say, oh, that was wrong, let's go for the next, next type of fuel. Given all the discussions we've, we've heard about 
the state of the markets and risks and opportunities, how well positioned are we to deal with those challenges? We've always had risk and opportunity in shipping. That is shipping. And it's history repeats itself. We've had opportunities, we've had risks, we've had, looked through the history just in the last century of shipping, what we've been through. Forget the world wars that we went through, but we survived. And shipping will always survive. It has to, because so many commodities are transported financially and ecologically the best way is by shipping. We have the lowest carbon footprint per tonne mile, we have the cheapest per tonne mile, the safety record is impeccable on ships per tonne mile. And it is the fastest part of a commodity from the shipper to the receiver. The, the average speed may be a knot and a half, two knots on land, 14 knots by sea, and then a knot and a half on land by, to get to the receiver. And it's in the reverse when you look at the carbon footprint. 107 to 110 grams per tonne mile on the land, three to four grams per tonne mile when it's at sea. And it's the fastest when it's at sea. So we're there, we know what we're doing but we need a political decision so that we can go forward. As we point out in this week's view column on Lloyd's list, just because you don't take an interest in politics doesn't mean to say that politics won't take an interest in you. That, of course, was an aphorism attributed to the ancient Athenian statesman Pericles two and a half thousand years ago. How apt, then, that this exact sentiment was revived at Posidonia this week? with attendees at one of the forums being told that politics is surpassing economics as a driver of shipping. Greek shipping and Greek politicians generally like the attention during Posidonia, but with an Iranian tanker seizure causing diplomatic disputes in the background and Russian sanctions sparking some interesting debate over shipping's ethical role in trade, it was perhaps not the attention that they wanted. So, Nigel, how did the political agenda feel this year with all this happening largely behind closed doors? Well, I think that, uh, you know, probably like any sort of uh, big international diplomatic uh, imbroglio, uh, probably a lot is going on in the background um, and possibly not quite so front and centre. Uh, that said, uh, I think that uh, uh, the Greek Ministry of Shipping did take every opportunity to underline their condemnation of uh, the, the Iranian action in just snatching uh, two large um, uh, Greek flag oil tankers out of uh, international shipping lanes, uh, as they did, no, no matter what they might have thought the, the justification for that might have been. Uh, so yes, there, there was a certain amount of, uh, of uh, underlining uh, condemnation, but behind the scenes, of course, the, the effort is to actually get those ships and crews. There are 49 seafarers aboard those two vessels anchored just off Bandar Abbas uh, to, to get them freed and, uh, and home. So uh, yes, huge, huge thing. I'm sure that the Greek uh, shipping establishment, politically and uh, and commercially, will you know uh, withstand that. Uh, has it been an embarrassment? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I mean, in the way we talk about the uh, the shipping world descending on Athens for Posidonia Week, and um, and the eyes of the shipping world being on Greece for that week. Uh, and, and here was another case, perhaps unscripted, of that being so. And, and partly it's so because of the, the huge size of the Greek tanker fleet. You know, it's, it, it, we're talking about 
the immediate concern being these two ships and the seafarers on board them. But uh, at the same time, it's the it's the almost unsaid threat uh, and longer potential exposure if it all goes wrong mm. uh, of the rest of the tanker fleet, which is passing through the Strait of, the Strait of Hormuz on a daily basis. I mean, Greeks control about 30% of world uh, crude carrying capacity. Mm. Uh, and on certain trades, that percentage is even more. So um, there's a lot at stake. Uh, and hopefully, uh, with the appeal court decision to actually reverse, put into reverse the steps that were taken to take off an Iranian oil cargo uh, off a ship detained in Greece that started the whole series, that sort of domino uh, effect of, um, uh, of repercussions. Uh, hopefully, rightly or wrongly, whether it's been handled well or not, hopefully that is the first step to, to seeing some resolution of this, because it's a, it's a very dangerous situation, in fact. And finally, I mean, I started the podcast by sort of juxtaposing your, your different views, uh, Declan's first time at Posidonia, uh, Nigel's uh, umpteenth time at Posidonia. Uh, your, your, your headline takeaways from the week, what, what, what are you going to be um, writing about and thinking about next week as you, you digest uh, a week of um, food for thought and, and indeed food generally? I'd like to I'd like to just say before we run out of time, Richard, that Declan has handled himself like a real veteran, like <laughs> like like a duck to water. Just just wanted Excellent. to have that on the record. Good, good. It's nice to know that the next generation have the capacity to um, uh, you know eat canapes at, at industrial quantities and 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 still sort of get up in the morning for press conferences. So it's good to know. It's, it's an extremely it difficult uh, technique to master. Yeah, absolutely, the, the absolutely. Belief in the power and worth of of quality journalism will will carry us through, and I believe very strongly in that. <laughs> Excellent sucking up, Declan. So <laughs> I'll come to you first. Your key takeaways. <laughs> well, there's, for me, uh, looking at the sustainability side of this, there's a lot being said. If you go if you go to this expo center, it's it's roaring. I've never seen so many people uh, look so excited about propellers and various pumps and or maybe more likely just the canapes that I was looking for myself. But there's an explosion of these new products um, on the market. I've, I asked, uh, you know, the top people at places like Vartzilla and ABB, uh, you know, if I'm an operator, how what do I make of all of these confusing different competing systems uh, that are being offered to to get those you know single digit fuel efficiency gains and there's there's going to be an absolute jungle for people to navigate over there in the coming years and uh, that's i think that's going to sort sorting um what works from what doesn't is going to take a lot of my time um and apart from that it's 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 going to be a wild a wild market scene like <laughs> i've got a lot of brokers to talk to and that there, there is just so much going on so it, it's 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 kind of the the progress the big sort of announcements that we're looking for are, are still some years away but it's going to be an exciting market to come excellent well we will look forward to your innovation and efficiency report coming out the back of this i suspect nigel um concluding thoughts from you well, I think, uh, as you pointed out, there was uh, there was unscripted drama uh, surrounding Posidonia, 
And I think uh, with a lot of the geopolitical events that were discussed on a daily basis at some of the, the conferences and, and in the halls, I think a lot of these uh, these bigger issues are going to be uh, discussed well into the future. And I think, you know, particularly on sanctions, um, you know, sanctions is not one <laughs> homogenous uh, homogenous family uh, of uh, of economic measures that uh, are all of the same, perhaps legitimacy, all the same type, and all the same um, all the same degree of effectiveness. And I think that you know, on on the one hand, you seem to have uh, politicians who, uh, with increasing readiness, do turn to sanctions of some type or or another. Uh, and on the other, you have um, uh, Greek ship owners, for example, who are the embodiment of sort of global laissez-faire, uh, who uh, during the week took the opportunity to talk about how they believe that sanctions don't work and can be counterproductive. And I think um, I think uh, you know all this has very big implications for what we think of as shipping's neutrality. Where do you where do you draw the line? Where where uh, does some kind of morality have to come into this uh, calculation? Uh, and where should the resist you know there be some resistance to uh, circumspection? To, to actually imposing sanctions. And I think um, if you kind of draw a kind of spectrum from perhaps, let's say, uh, Venezuela to you know, today's uh, sort of number one problem, uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, perhaps there are differences between those cases. Uh, some see it as black and white. I, I think for, for a neutral global shipping industry, there needs to be a little bit more debate about, you know, where one draws the line with these things. And of course, you know, the other takeaway is that um, shipping still enjoys a good party and um, that at the end of the day, after actually navigating through the pandemic and rather uh, impressively managed, managing to, to keep going to a certain, a certain extent digitally, um, you know, Posidonia has underlined uh, how much a sort of people and people contact industry shipping in actually is excellent well i'm disappointed i didn't get there this year i'm disappointed that we didn't get shakira onto the podcast but uh, i'm glad that the two of you were out there flying the flag for lois list and for shipping generally um and fingers crossed we will all be back in the next posidonia but for now nigel lowry declan bush thank you for joining the podcast thank you richard thanks richard